Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm in my early 20s and man has it been full of shit shows. <laughs> it's been great. It's been career changes, industry changes, pivots, highs, lows, crying, happy, everything in between and it's been great and I just really wanted to create the show to hopefully share with you guys that we all go through the craziness of our 20s. We all go through these shit show moments and we all grow through them. And I hope that you're able to see yourself in some of these stories. And if any of these episodes resonate with you, I would love for you to share it with a friend as well as leave me a review on iTunes. It really helps. And if you want to connect with me, my Instagram's the shit show in my 20s. And yeah, without further ado, let's get going. Today's guest is Allie. I loved chatting with her. Allie lives in Washington, D.C. with her husband and six children. She's a Pilates instructor and previously worked as a communications director on Capitol Hill. After her husband's stroke, Allie became a nutritionist and founded a company where she helps individuals eat more plant-based foods so they can enjoy healthier lives. In this episode, we go into her journey of how she met her husband, how they decided to go plant-based, what that transition was like for them, as well as how he was able to get his vision back after his stroke, and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Allie, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. So I'd love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments you might resonate with. Let's start there. With my 20s? Oh, man. I was I I was just super social. I just loved to be out where everyone, biggest like FOMO person of all times. <laughs> and so, yeah, in my 20s, I was all about just if there was a party, I was there. And I never, I'm not a drinker. I never was one to drink or do anything like that. But I, everyone thought that I had because I always had the most energy and was dancing the most at parties in my 20s so (laughs) it was a fun it was a fun time perfect if you had to narrow it down to like one like major growth moment of your 20s what do you think that one moment would be Oh my gosh. So one time when I dated this guy, we were really good friends and we like everyone thought we were going to get married. And so we told everyone that we were going to get married and we like had a fake wedding time planned. And then we ended up kind of breaking off and calling it off. And then that day that we were supposed to get married, my friends and I are like, let's like do something. And so I dressed up in a wedding dress that I had gotten from a thrift store and I showed up at his work. He worked at like an insurance company. I showed up in my wedding dress, totally embarrassed him and myself. <laughs> I think at that point I was like, what did I just do? But the coworkers were awesome. They threw like hole puncher, like confetti at us and like made a big, like fun time out of it. But after that, he never wanted to talk to me again. And so I learned that, <laughs> you know, I should probably be a little bit more mature moving forward. <laughs> it's actually very funny to go in surprise. <laughs> but the best part is that my husband, when I finally ended up meeting my husband he was like because we had mutual friends and he's like I hear that you like to wear wedding dresses and I was like you know the story (laughs) like how do you know that but he had actually heard because I used to show up in lots of to in the wedding dress to my friends houses sometimes you know I just love to wear that wedding dress so he actually heard the other stories and not my total embarrassing story um so I I told him all about that and then he was like you know one day I'd love to see you in a wedding dress and so he he played it off really well and we ended up obviously getting married later on so it turned out okay (laughs) (laughs) that's good as long as it turns out okay that's funny and like (laughs) did you think you were gonna marry that first guy 
were you like all in and on that uh, guy? I, were you like heartbroken after that? <laughs> totally. That's like the biggest heartbreak I've ever had. And then to like, you know, do something as ridiculous as what I did, just like put salt on the wound, you know, because he didn't want anything to do with me after that. But it's okay. <laughs> okay. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> and did you meet your husband through like mutual friends or how did you meet him? So, oh, well, I, okay. <laughs> so I was visiting DC. So his roommate was a good friend of mine from college. And I had just been in Argentina and I came back and he said, hey, how about you come and visit us? So I was like, yeah, all right. So I get to his apartment. I fly out, you know, and we get there. He picks me up. We get back to the apartment and I was with my girlfriend and she said, we were both like, hey, if anything happens in DC, like whatever happens stays in DC. Like, let's just have a fling while we're here. Let's just have fun. You know, not thinking anything of it, not wanting anything like long term. But we get to the apartment and, you know, I'm meeting all of his roommates and he's like, oh, we have this other roommate, but he's in law school right now. And he goes to bed at like, you know, nine o'clock or, you know, on a Friday night. So he's sleeping. And I was like, okay, definitely not with that guy. Like, this is not going to work out. Like, who's in bed that really on a Friday night? So then his roommates are like, hey, let's play a trick on him. We actually really love to play tricks on him. And so how about you two girls like go jump in his bed, like wake him up. We'll take a picture. It'll be really funny. I'm like, okay, no big deal. <laughs> so he, so I like sneak into his room and my girlfriend like backs out because she sees that he's like just like basically in his underwear, like on top of his covers. And so she like backs out of it. I didn't think anything of it or see really what was going on. The lights, you know, where everything was dark, but I jump in his bed and then he like heard what was going on. So he gives me this big bear hug and then turns around, smiles for the picture. And as soon as I take the picture, he literally pushed me out of his bed. Like, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm like, okay, whatever. And then a couple hours later, he gets up, gets a drink of water. And he was like, which one of you girls jumped in my bed? I was like, hi, that's me. I'm Allie. It's like, good to meet you. <laughs> and that was the beginning <laughs> of, <laughs> of how we met. So <laughs> started with me jumping in his bed. <laughs> it's actually, oh my gosh. What a story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, we finally, you know, we like went on a car ride afterwards with everyone later and we we got to know each other better. But it was he was he had a good attitude about it. But he was like, who is this girl? I'm throwing her out, you know, and his first thoughts about me were I could never date a girl that would jump in some guy's bed who's just like in his underwear. <laughs> so <laughs> clearly we got past our first impressions. <laughs> That's funny. And did you know, like right away, that was someone that you could see long term with or did it take was it something that like stood out to you? about him right I loved his intelligence like so we we hung out that weekend and had a great time and then later on he gave me a call on behalf of the roommates to make sure that we made it home safely and we you know I was like that was so sweet of him and he had actually originally asked his friend to delete that picture but as soon as we had started like talking and talking more he goes back to me he's like hey can you like undelete that picture <laughs> and <laughs> so we we ended up actually using the picture in our wedding video we like edited it to put clothes on him with like <laughs> Photoshop but but he I just I loved our communication so we started a long distance relationship the whole thing was long distance the whole time and we just would talk for hours on the phone and after about a month of talking he was like I want to take you on our first date and I was like how are you gonna do that you're in DC 
I was in Utah at the time and he said, I want to fly you out. And so he flew me out for our first date. And that, that was just like, I was dating a bunch of guys that were, you know, at the time, like, like not that committed. We're not going to take that big leap of faith. And so the fact that he flew me out to just go on a date was amazing. And he was, you know, he was all in. And so it made it easy to go all in too. <laughs> and then how old were you when that happened? When you met him and when you guys started dating? Uh, uh, 23, 24, oh. around that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 23. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. And then like at that time, what were you, were you doing nutrition at that time? Or like, how did like your journey evolve from like then to what you're doing now? Right. So at the time I was getting my master's degree and we ended up dating, ended up, I moved out to Washington, DC, transferred my master's program to the George Washington University. That's where he was going to law school, graduated there and then ended up, I, my undergrads in political science and communications, and I got a master's in public administration and I worked on Capitol Hill for, um, for three years for a congressman, actually. I was his communications director and I handled all of his press, which was a blast. It was so fun just being right in the middle of all of it, you know? And so we did that for for years and then we ended up I ended up having my first baby so we have six kids wow. and my first baby <laughs> right <laughs> I went back to work <laughs> but then after that I started working from home on a different campaign so I quit my job working on the Capitol Hill and then worked on political campaigns because it was more flexible and I could do it from home where I love the hill but it's like it is it's intense long hours and you have to be in the office so so then I did the same thing on a political campaign for a few years and then I'm actually a Pilates instructor and a spin instructor. So then I, once I had three kids, I was like, okay, it's time to work a little bit less. And so I did, did that until I had the rest of my children, (laughs) but I wasn't even, I was interested in nutrition, but I mean, back in like 2000, oh man, 2016, you know, 2014, like I remember just feeding my kids chicken nuggets and mac and cheese because it was just easy, you know, and it's, it's so much like you think you're going to be a healthy mom until you're like in it. And then you realize like, okay, this is why everyone just does mac and cheese and chicken nuggets because your kids will eat it it's easy and it's just you you're already you're just surviving sometimes you know Mm. but but yeah so I that's that's how it was for a long time until 2019 actually after we just had twins so at this point we have six children and (laughs) we had twin baby boys and my husband's a busy attorney working in DC and one day he goes to work and all of a sudden starts having double vision and just like feels terrible just all of a sudden and so he walks out of his office and his secretary knew instantly that he was having a stroke. She could just see it. They end up calling an ambulance and then I get a phone call. And so I, uh, luckily my friend, I actually was in the shower, so I didn't hear it. And my friend, my neighbor, my husband called me, then called my neighbor to come and get me. And she knocks on my shout on the bathroom door. And I was like, what's going on? And she said, you know, your husband's calling you. He's trying to get a hold of you. So he called me. He is on his way to the ER right now. And so uh, she stayed with my kids and I went and I ran in, you know, into the ER and went and drove as fast as I could. And I walked in and I'll never forget looking over at my young 37 year old husband and seeing him in a wheelchair slumped over and it looked like he had aged 50 years. I mean, it was crazy. And I knew in my heart instantly that he was having a stroke. Like I could just tell, but it took a lot of time for the doctors to do all the tests and to figure out exactly what was going on. And at the end of the day, they, all the tests were negative. There was no hole in his heart, no heart arrhythmia, no genetic history, like no reason why someone so young 
you know, would be having a stroke. And so we had no direction as to what to do, except for this piece of paper that they gave us at the very end of our hospital stay, where they told us from now on, we had to follow a heart healthy diet. And that included no trans fat, no saturated fat, no cholesterol, and to eat more fiber and avoid alcohol. And so it's one thing to like say that. It's another thing to think, what the heck am I going to make for dinner tomorrow? <laughs> like, what does this mean? You know, <laughs> like why you, you look at a, a jar of peanut butter and there's saturated fat in it. And you're like, what <laughs> am I supposed to avoid this? Like, is this good? Is this bad? It was really confusing. And so uh, I just, you know, the little mama bear in me just kind of had to dive deep into the research. But one of the reasons why I was willing to make any change necessary on our part is because back in 2012, my father ended up actually having a heart attack and he was just 55 years old and he passed away and there was no warning heart attack. There was no second chances. It was his one and only and he died. And so when, you know, I'm looking at myself in a very similar situation, but we actually got the warning, you know, the warning that I'd wish that my dad had received. And so because we got that warning, you know, we were willing to do whatever it takes to to be healthier. Mm, Wow. And like the thoughts like going through your head that day, like the amount of fear that comes up when something happens, like how did you like kind of like manage your emotions that day? Because it's so hard when something like that happens to like be able to stay calm, to be able to like focus on like everything's going to be okay. Like, would you do that day to kind of like manage all of it? I think, you know, there's a lot of unknowns in the moment. You're just like, well, you're trying to figure out the pieces. You're trying to see, well, is it this or is it that? Or, you know, and they're doing all the tests and you kind of honestly hope that the test comes back positive. Like I, at the time I wish he'd had a hole in his heart because then that would give you a why and, and tell me, you know, this is why it happened. And because we didn't get that why, you know, it's like you can kind of manage the stress in the moment. I feel like you have this like mantle of, of power and strength. And, you know, there's a lot of people thinking of you and sending you good vibes and praying for you at the time. And you feel that strength, but it's, it's after you get home from the hospital when, when everything starts getting real. And, and, you know, my husband's vision was still affected. He couldn't see clearly for months and he couldn't drive. He couldn't work, you know, and he would just hope that he would wake up one day and be able to see and, and it never happened. And so at that point, it's like when you're healthy, you have a million wishes in the world. But when you're not healthy, you have one wish. Like that's it. It's like an ancient Chinese proverb that says that, you know, and, and for him, my husband, it was just he just wanted to be able to see. And so I started again, just because I think it was a way of coping with it, of that stressful situation. I, I really I would stay up at night just wondering, like, what? Why? Why did he have a stroke? Why was his blood clotting? You know, what was going on in his body at the time? And so I as I dive deeper, I understand, you know, there's a lot there can be inflammation and there can be, you know, high, like he had a little bit of high blood pressure. And so what happens if there's just even a little bit of inflammation and, and according to your diet, just your past history, too, if 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 you have high blood pressure, then it rubs against your artery walls and it can create like a little tear and then your body will come and clot it. And that creates the blood clot. And so then I became obsessed. Well, how do you how do you lower that inflammation? And a lot of that came from just eating more fiber, like the fiber is the key to lowering inflammation in your body. And fiber at the time, I was like, well, how do I eat more fiber? And it's fiber only comes from plants. It's not the fiber one bars. It's not, you know, anything like that. It's plant foods. Fiber comes from plants. So any type of plant, whether it's a fruit, vegetable, whole grain, nuts, seeds, legumes, that's where fiber comes from. You're not getting fiber from cheese or milk or dairy or, you know, from meat. Like, and, and so in order to increase the fiber, we just had to increase our plant intake, you know, number one. And then number two, when I'm looking at it, say, okay, the saturated fat and the trans fats, that's also going to create an environment where, you know, a blood clot is more likely to occur. And so what foods contain trans fat and saturated fat? And trans fat comes from a lot of processed foods nowadays. Just There's just traces of it in processed foods uh, like like 
like store-bought baked goods. So any like cakes that you buy at the store or donate donuts or cupcakes or muffins, things like that. And then like dough. So microwave popcorn has some as well as like the pizza dough. Those type of things have trans fat, but also it naturally occurs in animal products. And so it's just part of that. And then the biggest thing for our family was saturated fat. So my husband loves cheese, loved cheese. (laughs) And when I was learning and going deep and we were listening to books on tape and trying to figure it out. And when we heard that saturated fat, the number one source of saturated fat in the American diet is cheese. It was like, no, (laughs) but you know, if that's, that's following a heart healthy diet. So we started cutting it out. And, and I can tell you if my husband can cut out cheese, from his diet, then everyone can do it. <laughs> if he can do it, anyone can do it because he loved it more than anything else. And, you know, if it, the more the better in the past. And so cutting that out was was significant. And in so doing and adding more plant foods, you know, really lowering our amount of, of animal products, he was able to lose weight without even trying. He was able to lower his triglycerides, lower his cholesterol, lower all of those numbers that you want to see lower. And most importantly, by eating more plant foods, more berries, more green you know, all of that, that it all those antioxidants can help really combat the oxidative fats that can create oxidative stress, or even just inflammation in your arteries, especially in those sensitive veins around your brain. And so with that, over time, his vision was able to come back, which was the most important thing to us at the time. So it took it took five months of eating this way. But over time, we did he did get his vision back. Wow, that doesn't seem like that long five months to get your vision back. Did you you know? Well, like in the moment, it could seem long, but like, it's pretty cool to see like that that change happen do you think he was gonna get his vision back or uh we didn't know and even the the neural ophthalmologist he was he didn't know he's like you know your brains are amazing and he was younger so that was good but he's he'd seen stroke patients that never got their vision back so it was it was an unknown it was completely unknown. So, it, you know, it, so that's why it's like, well, let's do everything we can in our power, which was changing our diet. Mm, that's so incredible. <laughs> that's cool. And like, did you guys change overnight or like, what was your process like changing your diet? Right. So we pretty much actually, after we got home from the hospital, a lot of people gave us food, which was really sweet and kind. And after that kind of started running out, it was like, okay, I had done a lot of the research by then. And it was, it was like, we're starting, we, we actually watched the movie Game changers, which got my husband on board too of, of eating more this way. And so then it was that next Monday we started. But here's my biggest warning to anyone listening. We went like we pendulum swinged right from eating kind of just close like a healthy version of the standard American diet to plant based overnight. And the amount of like gas and bloating that happened in the first couple of weeks was insane because it's just like your body's like, whoa, whoa, you know, and I, I like to like, it's very similar to if you have haven't been working out or you, you think you've been working out like you you've got a good exercise routine but then you change up your exercise routine and you say lift really really heavy weights like your body's super sore right and you're in a lot of pain those first couple of weeks that's very similar to like your gut microbiome it needs time to adjust and so if you pendulum swing like we did where one day we're not plant-based and the next day we are your gut <laughs> is going to have you know it's that difficult time adjusting and the gas and bloating can happen because of that so I don't suggest it. in fact a lot of the clients that I work with now 
now I just give them baby steps. Like, let's just take it one step at a time. Unless, kind of like us, they're, if they're going through a health event, if they're, if they're going through cancer, if they're going through something more significant, then they can jump in a little faster. But to recognize, you know, and maybe even just choose the lower FODMAP foods or the foods that cause less gas and bloating first. Like greens, you could eat as many greens as you want and you'll be okay. You know, berries are usually a little easier or sprouted lentils for your protein are a little easier to handle than like the bigger beans, for example. So if you, you know, take it slower, the better that your your body's gonna be able to adjust. And did you do anything during that time to help with the gas and bloating? Did you find anything helped you during that transition? Or was it just like it happened for like a month or two and then it kind of went away? <laughs> right. I would say at first we were just going to wait it out and hope that it got better, which it did. But then I started really diving into FODMAPs. So FODMAPs are basically a lot of you'll hear people go on like a low FODMAP diet. And that's a very strict diet where they're getting rid of foods that cause like from these certain foods that cause gas and bloating. We didn't do that, but I just, I I realized that I was putting a lot of these higher FODMAP foods together in one meal. So that would be like beans with cashew cream, with Brussels sprouts, with, you know, or, and then have like an energy bite earlier with dates and goji berries and all these things can cause a lot of gas and bloating. And when I realized if I can just like calm it down and really fill my plate up with foods that aren't so triggering and still eat these foods, just not at a high amount then that that can be beneficial. And it's really it, anyone can do this. If you go and download the app FODMAP A to Z, you can see which foods and it will show you the foods that are in red are foods that are known to cause gas and bloating, it, you know, especially in sensitive individuals. This is not everyone, but some insensitive individuals. So if you do that, then you can see, OK, like maybe I shouldn't fill up my entire plate with all red foods. That would probably not feel good in my body. <laughs> right. And so so just a little bit of beans, a little bit of so like Brussels sprout or cruciferous vegetables are known to cause gas and bloating, but they're amazing for you. Like all these foods are so good for you. So you don't want to cut them out. When I hear people say like, I can't do beans. I like my body can't do beans. I think beans, beans can add years to your life. They're one of the most nutrient dense foods. We shouldn't avoid them. You just need to train your gut to get used to them and start small with low amounts. And then over time you can build that up and your body will become accustomed to it. Mm. So interesting. I never heard of that map before. I didn't know that was the thing. <laughs> Yeah, the FODMAPs. I know. Yeah. And it's probably you haven't had any major like like IBS, like people who have IBS sometimes or who are really struggling will be told by a doctor to go on a low FODMAP diet. And this is different. This is not like I'm not telling you to restrict all these foods. Like they basically say you can eat these foods, you cannot eat these foods. And so you're just eating foods that don't cause gas and bloating. I'm just telling you like go in between, maybe just not go overboard with all of these higher like gas promoting foods <laughs> and it and to just balance your plate. You know, like you hear a lot of people will balance their plate with macros. I think in the plant-based world, it's it's a similar thing where you want to balance your plate with FODMAPs where you're not overdoing it and just to give your body that time to adjust. It's like, it's like going to the gym and while you could go pretty heavy, you know you'll be really sore if you go heavy on the weights. But if you go kind of at that medium weight, you know you'll still be able to build strength without feeling super sore and not being able to move the next day. <laughs> like that's the point of it, right? Is to go in that medium zone 
down where you're not overdoing it. Your gut can adjust, your microbiome can build up and you have soon you'll have more microbes that can break down these foods that used to cause gas and bloating. And the interesting thing is after eating this way, so we eat a 90% plant-based diet, but if we eat foods that are not plant-based, like, like sun chips on the airplane, for example, or something like, so like just processed foods, like we'll get, I'll get a stomach ache, you know, like my body just is like, or my husband may even get gas and bloating. Or if he eats meat, if he eats too much meat, now he gets gas and bloating from eating meat. Whereas before it was the opposite. So your gut has like totally changes. Mm. And for someone, maybe like they're in a similar situation where they know they really need a change because of health reasons, something happened. Like where's a good place to start if they feel like overwhelmed by the idea of like having to like take out all these things like they know they have to, but like somewhere that's like an easier starting point for them. Right. Well, only one in 10 Americans eat the recommended five fruits and vegetables a day. Only one in 10. (laughs) And so I tell everyone, regardless if you're going through a health event, let's start there. Add. Think about what you can add to your plate. Let's stress less about what you're taking away. So first of all, add just to get the the minimum five, five fruits and vegetables a day. Then if you can up that to about eight to 10. So what, you know, again, giving your gut a chance to adjust. So maybe one day it's five, the next day it's six, the next day, maybe seven. And then I tell people again, over time, start swapping out your protein, like your meat, with beans. So in recipes that you're already cooking, so for example, if you're going to be making lasagna, then you could swap out that lasagna, that that ground beef for lentils. Or if you're making a sloppy joe, you could do a lentil sloppy joe instead of a ground beef sloppy joe. And then, you know, for ch- chicken in the past, if you're making chicken, I tell people to use chickpeas in very similar recipes. So you can make a chickpea salad sandwich. You can make like a chickpea tiki masala, uh, a chickpea cashew chicken cashew chickpea recipe, you know, there's a lot of things that you can make where you just swap out chickpeas. That's your protein instead of chicken or just any type of beans. Just just think in your mind when you're planning around your protein source that now you're going to be planning around your beans instead of the meat. And that's that's something that, you know, just start with one meal a week, then maybe two meals a week, then three. And if there's anything that you're like, look, I could live my life, but I can't do without meat, then first of all, cut out the processed meat, the processed deli meats, the processed like ham and salami and bacon, uh, because those meats have been categorized by the World Health Organization as a group one carcinogen. They're known to cause cancer. So those are foods you don't want in your body. Uh, Maybe once a year on Christmas, you know, like that's about it. But in general, you really, really want to decrease your use of these processed meats because for your long-term health, it's just not worth it. I'm curious, like, how long does, like, it take to train your gut? <laughs> anyway, I know, right? Anywhere, uh, usually between two weeks to two months. It depends on who you are. It depends on where you are. Everyone's gut is so different. It depends on what you ate before. And I will say there still may be foods that you're sensitive to. Like, you may always be sensitive to garlic. You may, you know, for a while. And then maybe over years you can change. But there could be a time where you made, you know, onions or apples. Like, those are the top three. Garlic, onion and apples for a lot of people, they just kind of need to stay away from for a little bit. Or maybe it's black beans, but you're do well with chickpeas, you know, but if you really want to train it, like if you can't handle broccoli, I bet you could handle one little tree of broccoli. So just start there every day. Just eat one little tree. It's kind of like people who are training their bodies out of allergies. They just start very small, like a little bit of peanuts, you know, just touching the peanuts and then going from there. And so just start small uh, and slowly add up over time. And then before you know it, you'll see that your body's changed. Mm. 
I'm curious, what is your thoughts on, like, bread? <laughs> like, is bread <laughs> something we should stay away from? Is it something, how do you feel about bread? Because that's one of my favorites as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love bread. Just make sure it's whole grain. So if we all switched out our bread, our white bread, for whole grain bread, it could reduce your risk of heart disease by 30%. Heart disease is our number one killer. And so that's a big deal. <laughs> and so if you could just make sure that the bread is whole grain, that is key. And so, you know, 100% whole grain. I actually really like to use the Yuka app, which is Y-U-K-A, the Yuka app to scan different breads to figure out which ones, you know, are the best, like are most whole grain, have the least amount of sugar, have the most amount of fiber is kind of that zone you want to be in. But for individuals looking to lose weight on a plant-based diet, bread is more calorie dense. And so you may choose different whole grains like quinoa or, you know, grains in their whole form that haven't been processed. Now, a lot of people give bread a bad rap because it can also spike your blood sugar, whether it's whole wheat or white, doesn't matter. And that is because of the yeast. So the yeast, how it creates those bubbles, even if it's whole grain or white, it's going to spike your blood sugar. And so in order to prevent that blood sugar spike, if you're if you're looking to to keep, you know, to, to minimize bigger spikes, then I suggest just eating a handful of vegetables before you have bread. And that will minimize the blood sugar spike. So if you love bread, you can still eat it. Just eat a handful of vegetables, like grab some carrots, grab some cucumbers, whatever it is, eat those first and then have your bread and you'll be just fine Hmm. and like also of course like what's your thoughts on like having sugar every day like what's how do you feel about sugar in general like should we be monitoring how much sugar we're having constantly (laughs) (laughs) yeah what do you think about that Right, right. So I think sugar, sugar gets a bad rep. Uh, and well, basically, the, the American Heart Association has said that we should try not to eat more than 25 grams of added sugar every day. So that's where I fall in line with. It's okay to have a treat every once in a while. Again, I always tell people eat some vegetables first, then have your sugar. Try not to eat sugar on an empty stomach because that will minimize your blood sugar spike. So eat vegetables first, then have your treat. Even when my kids are like, I want some, you know, I want this. I'm like, okay, grab some vegetables first, and then you can have it. Because you want to avoid these big sugar spikes. So the risk with big sugar spikes is it can really put you at a greater risk of Alzheimer's disease, of heart disease, among many other things. So we want to minimize a big spike. And by by practicing food sequencing or eating vegetables first, that will minimize it. And then you don't want to go overboard. So no more than 25 grams of added sugar a day. You can still have a little bit. It's okay. But that includes any type of sugar. That includes stevia. That includes, even though, you know, just really minimize any type of sweetness because you want to, you want to train your taste buds or change your taste buds to not be so used to these ultra sweet foods. And, you know, the only way to do that is to not just replace real sugar with like a non calorie sugar, because it's it's not going to change you and you want that your body is still going to crave sugar later on. And they've done studies that, you know, they give people stevia, yeah, they're not going to have a blood sugar spike right away. But later on over a 24 hour period, they're still going to have about an equal amount of blood sugar increase because their body is craving more sugar later on. And so it's just best to a never be worried about the sugar found in fruit. Fruit is just fine. Eat as much fruit as you want, (laughs) unlimited amount of fruit because it comes perfectly packaged with fiber. So that's fine. But when it comes to added sugar, you know, a little bit's okay so that you can enjoy, for example, say your oatmeal in the morning or whatever, just you're just minimizing it. You're reading labels. You're trying not, you know, because a lot of like soy milk, almond milk, some of them have sugar in it and just kind of keep track and make sure you're not going over that 25 grams throughout 
the day and you'll be just fine. It's when you go past that 25 grams. And honestly, that's just like one big can of soda. (laughs) You're going to go past it. And so it's minimizing that is key. And, you know, any of those sugary drinks, that that is what's going to put you at a higher risk of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. You know, that when you're eating foods that don't have fiber with it, that's when you're at a greater risk. So I would say try to avoid sugary drinks overall. And then adding just a little bit of sugar to some foods is fine as long as you don't go over 25 grams. Mm, it's so good to know I might be going over 25 grams currently. So I'm going to go look and try to figure out how many grams I'm having currently. But uh, <laughs> right now, like, what does like a typical day look like for you in terms of food? And like, do you also believe in like intermittent fasting? Do you believe on in that? Or do you eat like breakfast, mm-hmm. lunch and dinner? I'm kind of curious into like what you do. I have done intermittent fasting in the past. And I'm I think it can be good if it works with your schedule, if it's something that kind of already fits in, if it's going to put you at a higher like if you're already in a stressful situation in your life you don't want to add that stress on top of it but what I do love about like the intermittent fasting method is I think everyone's gut needs 12 hours of rest from evening to morning period everyone should be doing this because it gives your gut a chance to rest and to you know to to not be digesting constantly and so if you stop eating at six o'clock at night or seven o'clock at night and then eat your breakfast again at seven in the morning at least 12 hours is great even a little longer is fine but to really try to minimize late night eating period everyone can benefit for that that will that's just really good for your gut but second of all uh, I usually start every morning with oatmeal if I can I'll try and grab like a handful of vegetables first if I like I'm thinking about it I so every morning my routine is I take my vitamins because if you're a plant-based eater or even a vegan you know you definitely need b12 vitamin d and omega-3s are also really great so I take my vitamins with a brazil nut and that is because brazil nuts have selenium which is an a really powerful antioxidant uh, and that can be beneficial. So I just eat one Brazil nut every day with my vitamins and then I have oatmeal. And in my oatmeal, I have like this morning, I had some almond butter, a little bit of maple syrup, just a little bit to add a little sweet to it. Some cinnamon. I always add spices because spices have more antioxidants ounce per ounce than foods. So I like to add cloves because they have a ton of antioxidants. Cinnamon, again, that will help manage blood sugar regulation and has a lot of antioxidants. And then blueberries. So blueberries are really good for your brain. That blue color of food will help your brain and your cognition. So every morning I want to set myself up right and get a ton of blueberries or even mixed berries in general to help that. And then I include flax seeds or chia seeds or hemp seeds for those omega-3s. Those are really healthy fats that we want. So that's my typical breakfast. I eat it like every day. I'm a big oatmeal fan. I usually will add almond milk or soy milk on top of that. I like to eat it cold and I eat, eat it with frozen blueberries. So it's like a cereal. Like it's like, you know, like how I used to eat cereal growing up with milk and cereal. Then for lunch, um, it varies. Usually it's leftovers, but I, if I don't have leftovers from the night before, my go-to lunch is a potato and a salad. So you can just buy a bag salad from wherever, <laughs> you know, just those bag salad and I'll cook a potato in the microwave because a salad alone is not going to keep me full. You need starch. So I always try to do half non-starchy, half starchy to keep me full and to give me all of those greens. Research shows if you eat about a cup, a little over a cup of greens a day, if you were to eat that every day for your life, compared to someone else your same age later on, your brain would be 11 years younger. Like it's so good for your brain <laughs> and reducing your risk of cancer and reducing your risk of heart disease. So again, when my husband had a stroke, that inflammation that was going on in his arteries, when you eat greens, that significantly basically relaxes your arteries, strengthens your endothelial cells, which are like lining your arteries, and it will help uh, reduce that 
inflammation. So then, uh, and I will use whatever dressing. I really like the Trader Joe's plant-based dressings. They're really good. And that's usually what I'll have. And then dinner is just the typical of standard American dinner <laughs> that usually, whether it's lasagna or what I, you know, whatever it is, but instead of meat, I use beans. And I, we also don't cook with cheese anymore. So I will make like a cashew sour cream instead of a regular sour cream. I'll, like I'll do the plant-based alternative, but it's just, I mean, you name it, you give me any food and I'll tell you, yeah, I've made that just plant-based <laughs> like, and you can Google it, right? I, I'm always like, I wonder if I could make this recipe that I used to love and you just Google it and it's there like, you know, French dip sandwiches. Yes. You can do that with mushrooms <laughs> instead mm -hmm. of, you know, instead of roast beef or any, anything like that you can think of like a shepherd's pie, for example. And I could do that with lentils instead of ground beef. We do a lot of like vegetable soups that will have like wild rice in it. And again, some type of bean, but in general, that's where we go. And I've realized that if you want to enjoy your food, you have, even if you don't have meat that you need to flavor it, like you used to flavor meat. So as long as the flavor is there, you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. The problem is a lot of people cook beans and do nothing with them. Like they're just like, here's some beans and they're not, they're good, but they're not that amazing. Right. And so you have to add flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I love how many options there are and how there's options for pretty much everything. I found an option too. Right. And like, while you were doing like all that research afterwards, like, is there anything that like really surprised you? Anything that you were like, I wasn't expecting to like see this. I wasn't, I didn't know about this, about nutrition. Was there anything like that, that um, really stood out to you? I think the biggest thing is that a lot of whole plant foods get like a bad rap, like beans, for example, or bread, <laughs> you know, but we do not have an obesity problem in the United States because we're eating too many beans or lectins or, you know, like that's not that's not the issue. You know, my my dad didn't die of a heart attack because he ate too many vegetables, like not at all. <laughs> you know, it's it's more we have a processed food. We have a, an animal product addiction and eating more of that is not going to like I think the biggest surprise is is I thought I needed more protein than I actually did. And I'm not a bodybuilder. And in fact, bodybuilders, their average lifespan is only 47 years old. So truthfully, I don't want to eat like a bodybuilder if a bodybuilder is going to die at the age of 47 years old. So I, I think that's what surprised me, just our obsession with meat and protein and and that we, we do need protein. And it is so important that nature has made it almost impossible to be protein deficient as long as you're eating enough calories. And, and many of us, are eating like we're trying to to bodybuild but if you don't put in the work like if you're not actually working out like a bodybuilder it doesn't matter how much protein you're eating you're not going to gain any muscle like you know it's not going to change and so this in fact we were following a macro-based diet to help lose the baby weight after having twins we were following a macro-based diet when my husband had a stroke and you know what I realized is that 97% of Americans are over consuming protein yet only 3% of Americans are eating enough fiber and that we need to be focusing on eating more fiber. Fiber, fiber is like when you eat fiber, your microbiome produces what's called short chain fatty acids. And those short chain fatty acids go throughout your entire body and they help reduce your risk of cancer. They reduce your risk of heart disease. They reduce your risk of diabetes. Like they serve you back. Fiber gives back to your body, you know, and it, and also this like the insoluble fiber is like a scrub brush going through your intestines, just getting out all the toxins that you're exposed to every day, getting out the excess hormones, you know, the estrogen 
attention. And I'm seeing now all of these, a lot of these influencers who are all about like the macro high protein. I'm seeing, I don't know if you're seeing it too, but I'm seeing so many of them are getting cancer, are getting breast cancer, are getting all of these other diseases. And that's because a high protein diet increases your risk of cancer and it puts you at that higher risk. And for someone who's gone through a significant health event, like it's not worth it. It is not worth it. <laughs> I, I do not want my husband to have perfectly toned, a toned figure if he's going to die early. Like to me, that's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering like when you like when you transitioned right away, did you have any withdrawals happen? Did you have any like maybe I should go back moments? Did you have any of that? <laughs> I'm curious because some people do. They have like like second right. guessing. Maybe I should go back. Really want cheese right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think we so my biggest thing is it's I need to make this sustainable and I need to make this something that I can do the rest of my life. So again, we eat 90% plant based and my kids are probably more like 80% because they'll eat let like they're they're exposed more and they'll just eat whatever. And I don't I don't want to control everything that goes in their mouth because they need that they have their own agency. But because I still can, I'm trying to find like live in an abundance mindset. I've been so amazed at how many new foods I've tried, how many new flavors. Like I feel like this whole world has opened up to me that I was accepting mediocrity to just eat like the standard American diet when there's so many more tastes and flavors and options that are available. Not to say that I haven't had like made bad meals because I totally have. <laughs> there's totally been like that learning curve where it's I've totally failed but in general I've just been amazed at trying new things it's so fun and so yummy where I was just eating the same old like chicken how many times was I eating chicken a week right mm -hmm. and now I'm eating so much more of a diversity of foods it, and it's it's incredible but because we eat about 90% plant-based when I do feel like you know I just really want a cookie or I just really want like I'll have one and I'll make sure I eat my vegetables first so I can minimize you know the blood sugar spike but in general, I will still eat if I'm at my mom's house for Sunday dinner and she makes my favorite meal that I grew up on, like I'll eat it in that in that sense. But in general, 90% of what I'm eating is plant based and I, I don't buy it anymore. And the longer you eat this way, the more grossed out you get by me. Like I was at a conference last week and I was starving and there was no like there was just food trucks and there was no food option, nothing that was plant based that didn't have some type of meat in it. And so I ordered I didn't eat most of it, but I was like almost grossed out to eat it. You know, like you just get to a point where you're I'm sure you may feel like this, too, but you just you get grossed out by it. But and it and that surprises me. It surprises my husband, too, that he's like, I'm not even tempted or I'll have a bite of my kid's pizza. And it's like, you know, it's not it's not as good as I remember <laughs> that cheese kind of masks a lot of flavors that that you forgot. Like it's good. And the first bite's always really good. But the 10th bite just isn't as good, you know, and whereas the 10th bite in my plant based food is like a different flavor that I haven't tried before, because all of these flavors, all of these different foods are mixed together, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. And what's your favorite plant based dish? We had to choose one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I love like, well, I love ugh, Mediterranean. I love bowls. So like type of grain bowls where you have lentils. And so like, I love Mediterranean bowl from Kava. Like if I got to you, I love going to this place called Kava. But any like Meze is also another one. All these Mediterranean places where there's just like rice and lentils and a ton of vegetables and hummus, you know, and these different yummies like red pepper hummus, different sauces sauces, different vegetables. It's so good. And I also love Thai food. I've always loved Thai food. But instead of just ordering like Thai, like a uh, red curry or green curry with chicken, I just add extra vegetables. And I think it's so much more yummy. <laughs> it's just really good. Yeah. So yeah, hard to choose. <laughs> yeah, it is hard to choose. 
Coming dishes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And what's something that you're currently learning right now? It could be anything in your life. It doesn't have to be any particular area. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I am currently learning <laughs> about money. This is this is interesting. So I started my business, right? And I'm a plant-based nutritionist and I work with people and and learning to like charge for your services is, is interesting. So I, you know, I'm like charging in- individuals to work with me for six months, six months, which is which is great. And I'm trying to grow this business. And I've learned that money is not just like a math equation. So I can set monetary goals in my business. Like by this time, I want to make a certain amount. And I may not know how to actually make that certain amount. But I find that once you kind of tell like God or the universe that I, you know, this is my goal and I don't really know how, but this is, I'm going to do everything possible that then you kind of are given like intuitions, little steps to do. And sometimes it just like everything just kind of comes together and works out for your good. And that so money is not just a math equation that there's like a there's a vibration to it that there's it loves to be appreciated it loves to have respect that money loves speed so when you get this intuition to just like act on it and that money money loves when you have a good relationship with it and you like to spend it and when you spend more on others that somehow magically more can come back to you that you know that's where I'm like it's not math it doesn't make sense that you know I can donate money towards a program and then somehow end up with more money at the end of the month like money has an incredible power and I used to just be really stingy growing up and I'm learning to to be confident in charging for my services, be confident in spending for other people's services and be confident in giving. And in so doing, like, you know, the more I give, the more what comes back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. The relationship with money. Right. <laughs> right. The most important relationship. <laughs> Grow and nurture. And right. Well, and money. when you look yeah. at when you look at money as a gift, like I'm so grateful I can pay my electrical bill. Mm-hmm. I'm so instead of like you left the lights on. Do you know that costs money <laughs> yeah and yeah isn't that great that we get to play like we live where we live and we have electricity and you know to just like appreciate it or even even though this is another thing too eating plant-based it is cheaper i spend less money on groceries than before we ate plant-based but still there's some foods that are more expensive like i'm eating a lot of nuts and so i had like used to be stressed even though i'm spending less money overall like there's some foods that are just more expensive and then until i learned like no i'm appreciative that i can go to a grocery store and buy food like money is great that I can just go and do this I don't have to grow this I don't have to you know and just to come from this place of gratitude it makes a big difference and so it's it's interesting that you know I started this journey because I love plants and I love teaching as many people as possible about plants but now I'm I'm growing in different ways that I that I didn't even realize as I'm trying to establish this business Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I have a final question for you if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you want to tell her? Or if you want to tell her nothing at all, that's an option as well. <laughs> if I could go back to my 20 year old self, I'd, uh, you know, I tell her to just spend time with my dad. <laughs> this is, I'm going to cry talking about it, but <laughs> you know, just to just enjoy him. And, and there's just so many great things about him that I miss all the time. And so, you know, you never know what you've got until it's gone, but that just like as much as I can, the quirkiness, everything about him to just to love him and enjoy him and, and appreciate him and, and just take them all in like when he passed away because we didn't get a warning sign I remember just wishing that I could just like be in his presence again and just like just take him in like just take it all in you know just like remember his remember his hands remember his ears his hair whatever because all those things like fade from your memory when you don't have that warning sign that just in a 
blink of an eye, they're gone. And so to just really appreciate everyone around you and to not worry about the dumb stuff, <laughs> you know, and to just to just love to just show everyone love. But yeah, I miss I miss my dad every day. And I would I would love to see him again, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if I were to tell my 20 year old self that I would just say, hey, enjoy him. <laughs> enjoy him while you got him. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. So sweet. <laughs> I love you know, I, I wouldn't change it like I am where I am now because of it. But it's it's something that, you know, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love talking with you today. Yeah, it was great talking to you too. And where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? So I started an Instagram called Plant Wise because I love to teach the why behind eating plant-based. So plant w-h-y-s and then you can also just go online to my my website and be able to learn more about our meal plans we have like a a really quick mini course that you can really dive deep a little bit deeper a five-day mini course to learn more about all this and then we have other meal plans available and then a longer program especially for people who've gone through a significant health event where they need they need their handheld as they transition and keep that commitment and that's a six-month deeper dive into eating plant-based thank you guys so much for listening I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.